0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for making it here. I know last night was replay, so everybody must be a little uh, exhausted. But today, we're going to hear some really exciting things about how Amazon QuickSight is being deployed at scale. Uh, my name is Joes Kanako. I'm a product manager on Amazon QuickSight. And joining me today will be Thorsten Schultz, who is Chief Technology Officer at Forward Safety, an AWS partner. And you have Michael Schaefer, who is Senior Product Manager with the National Football League. So what we're going to go through today, three, three main topics. Number one, we'll go through some quick uh, updates on Amazon QuickSight. We'll then get into how Forward Safety has been using Amazon QuickSight to save lives, and specifically at Rio Tinto, one of the largest mining companies in the world. And number three, we'll dive into NFL with Michael, where we'll talk about how the NFL is using QuickSight to deliver insights to all their users. First, the updates. As many of you know, QuickSight is a cloud-native BI service that we launched two years back. QuickSight is in a crowded market, and we believe that there are some key differentiators that make it stand out from the rest. Number one... QuickSight is a serverless BI solution. This means that there are no servers to deploy, to maintain, to manage, or to upgrade. You just create a QuickSight account, connect to your data, uh, create your dashboards, and then publish them to your users. It's as simple as that. There are no servers to deploy. There is no client for QuickSight. Everything's on the web browser, so you can access it from any platform. Now, being serverless, QuickSight scales to your needs. So what this means is that whether you have 10 users or you want to expand that to 100 or thousands or tens of thousands, QuickSight scales automatically to the size you want it to. We have authentication, uh, for example, via SAML, Active Directory Connections, uh, or OpenID Connect, which allow you to provision users just in time, uh, licensing is done all uh, just with A- as with AWS. It's all done uh, as you go. So this means that you can simply roll this out to thousands of users. There is you know, no other formality or complexity involved. QuickSight also allows you to build end-to-end BI stack in AWS. So QuickSight offers private VPC connectivity with which you can connect securely to your Redshift RDS uh, databases that might be running in your VPCs. QuickSight offers connectivity with Athena. That's one of the um, things that a lot of people have come to love. It allows you to create a serverless stack on the AWS platform. So you have serverless analytics with QuickSight, uh, Athena, S3, all joined together. Now, being in AWS also means that you have services like CloudTrail, where every action that a user uh, takes in QuickSight is uh, recorded in CloudTrail, so that way you have auditability for governance and compliance. Now, the fourth item that I mentioned here is something uh, about uh, the pricing model. So we made a change earlier this year. Uh, We introduced a new pricing model for readers. So talking to a lot of customers, we found that uh, in any BI deployment, 95% of the the deployment was constituted of readers. So these are people uh, who are consumers of data. What they want to do is look at dashboards, get their insights, and then use it in their work. Uh, and for users like these, a lot of customers that we spoke with were hesitant to sign up or at least, you know, they, they did not want to sign up for long-term commitments or, um, you know, like a fixed uh, model because they believed that when somebody does not use that license, you know, it's, it's something that hurts them. So that's where we introduced the pay-per-session model for readers. And with this, uh, you have pricing for uh, readers in QuickSight on a session basis. Each session is 30 cents and you pay no more than $5 in a month for a reader. So what this means, uh, and this is unique in BI, is that uh, you can deploy this to thousands of users. And for example, if a user does not come in, you don't pay anything for that user. If they come in twice a month, you pay 60 cents. And if they are a very active user and they come in 100 times a month, you only pay $5. So very unique uh, in BI. And to add to this, Uh, This reInvent, we had two exciting announcements. One was embedding, and the second on ML Insights and QuickSight. So let's first get into embedding. Uh, This has been a longstanding ask of many of you, and we're very happy uh, that this Tuesday we were able to announce this. So what uh, embedded dashboards in QuickSight means is that you can build your dashboards in QuickSight and then embed them into your own applications. So these are fully interactive dashboards. So think of dashboards with tables, bars, uh, you know, pie, ch- uh, pie charts, uh, all of that. You have drill downs. You have the filtering capability. You can link to your own content. So we have URL actions. And you can then make sure that these are personalized. So each viewer of these dashboards is a registered user in QuickSight, which means that you can do things like role-level security, and you can do dynamic defaults so that you have smart defaults for each user when they log in. As with QuickSight, embedded dashboards require no servers uh, to be managed by you, so it's serverless, and you pay for usage with the pay-per-session pricing model that we just talked about. Um, Embedded dashboards are authenticated via federated single sign-on, and what this means is that your users do not need another QuickSight-specific authentication on their end. So what you will do as an application provider would be to uh, authenticate the users via uh, SAML or OpenID Connect or uh, IAM Federation. So if you're using, for example, Cognito, you'll just do the authentication on the backend. And once you do that authentication, uh, the, you, you present the dashboard to the user. So uh, an end user simply logs into your application using whatever um, authentication mechanism you have, and then you do the auth so that when they land on the, let's say, an analytics page, they see a dashboard that's fully interactive, that has all the goodness of QuickSight in there. The last piece about embedding is that we also introduced APIs uh, with this launch. Now, we have user and group APIs that allow you to scale out your um, users across QuickSight. So you can, use it whether you're a, uh, you can use these APIs regardless of whether you're using embedding or QuickSight uh, standalone. And with these APIs, you can also uh, bunch users into groups, which then allows you to manage your uh, resources like dashboards and uh, data sets. Uh, last thing here is that uh, we also introduced a JavaScript SDK, which allows you to easily uh, integrate embedded dashboards with native controls on your page. So with embedding, you don't need any specialized expertise to add rich interactive dashboards to your applications. All you need to do is build out your dashboards in QuickSight, connect it to the data source that you want to, uh, use Spice to scale this out to thousands of users, and then publish it into your uh, application. It's as simple as that. The second uh, big announcement we had this week was ML Insights. So here what we've done is we've taken the power of machine learning and integrated it into the regular workflow in QuickSight. So this means that as uh, somebody who's looking at data in QuickSight, you have uh, ML-based insights just delivered to you natively. So we introduced three main capabilities here. Number one, we have anomaly detection, which can run on billions of points and then find anomalies in data as they occur. Bundled with anomaly detection, we have contribution analysis, which lets you understand you know, what could be possible contributors to these anomalies. You will receive proactive alerts uh, via email which, send, which tell you you know, what's going on, and, you know, as soon as an anomaly is detected, you get an alert. Um, the second, you, we have ML-powered forecasting. So uh, we've, we've taken, in, taken ML in here so that your forecasts are um, more uh, relevant, and they, are also, uh, they also enable what-if uh, scenarios by a simple point-and-click. And lastly, my favorite part is the natural language narratives that we've introduced. So as you look at a chart in QuickSight, QuickSight now gives you quick summaries of that data. So it it tells you little summaries uh, and then you have the ability to customize it. So what this means is that you can customize, uh, and you can see this on the dashboard here, where you're seeing the the left-hand side with those natural language insights. So they can be customized. You can apply conditional formatting out there uh, and um, you can apply language that's very specific to your domain. So each domain has, you know, each company will have language terms for different things that are in the, you know, uh, in the business process. You can put all of that in there so your dashboards are highly relevant. And every day when you get, for example, an email report with this data, you know exactly what's going on with your business. The previews open now. Uh, sign up today on our website. So quicksite.aws just go there and then sign up. It's on the landing page. And so that, those are the big announcements uh, with QuickSite. Now I'm going to hand it over to Thorsten, who's going to talk about how uh, Forward has used QuickSite at Rio Tinto.
1: Thanks, Joe. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. It is my absolute pleasure to be here today. This has been my first reInvent. It's been fantastic. Now, before we get into it, just a few couple things before we start. As Joe said, my name is Torsten Schultz, and I'm the Chief Technology Officer at Forwood. Now, some of you might have guessed my accent. so. If you've tried for German, you are correct. If you've tried for Australian, you're correct too. (laughs) I've been living and working in Brisbane, Australia for the last 15 years, and I grew up in uh, an area just south south of Munich in Germany. So, given the difficulties of my first name, and in case we get to meet later and we get to talk, I just wanted to give you three key points of reference. You can call me either Thorsten, or you can call me Thorsten, or you can really use any type of Hobbit name. If you call me Thor, I would take that as a really great compliment. Or you can do what my friends do, they just call me Mr. T. So, why are we here? We want to talk about quicksight and saving lives. So, what, if you've ever been to Australia, comes to mind? We've got probably the most poisonous animals anywhere on the planet. So, if you've ever been down under, you will know we're pretty good at risk management. Because really, everything in Australia either can eat you or will kill you. And I'll tell you, even our data lakes, they are full of crocodiles. So before we get to that, I want to just see your hands. Tell me, have you been flying to Vegas for this conference? Show me your hands. Sorry, it's hard to see. Show me your hands. Keep them up. Keep them up. Now tell me, have you ever been afraid to fly? Leave your hands up if you've ever been afraid to fly. And I'll leave mine up. That's good. That's still about half. Now, just keep your hand up if you've ever been self-medicating in the lounge. And appreciate your honesty, sir. Should we be afraid to fly? Statistics tell us that the aviation industry in 2017 transported safely with 4.1 billion passengers on over 41.8 million flights. Now, that's pretty impressive. Compare Compare that to US road safety where the U.S. Department of Transport tells us in 2017 there were 37,133 vehicle crashes which resulted in a fatality on U.S. roads. Let's just think about that for a second. 37,133 people died. Wow. If we convert that and compare that with airline safety, this would equate to two 747 jumbo jets crashing and killing everyone on board every week throughout 2017. Should we be afraid to fly? Now, they, in 2017, had zero passenger fatalities. What can we learn from the aviation industry and apply to other areas. The airline industry utilizes checklists to ensure all safety critical controls are in place prior to flying. Co-pilots and the crew help to cross-check those critical items are in place, and they will function as expected. Recognizing this, Forward as a company have taken this approach of double cross-checking and have applied it to the high-risk industries we work in. And I'm sure you're aware that in Australia, we've got mining, oil and gas, and all over the place. There are manufacturing industries and high-risk industries this will apply to. So we have a solution called critical risk management. And I'm sure you've heard about CRM before. But in the context of fatality prevention, think about CRM in the future also as critical risk management, and fatality prevention. And safety matters. The safety of employees is high on every company's agenda. Still, thousands of workers can get fatally injured every year on their jobs. At Forward, we believe we can eradicate those workplace fatalities and make them a statistic of the past. So let's look at a very simple model on how we do this. Many of you might be familiar with the Swiss cheese model. Oh, God, that point is awful. With the Swiss cheese model of accident causation. But even with all the millions of dollars that companies spend on safety, accidents and fatalities still occur. So we looked at this, and forward have expanded this model by adding three additional layers. These layers will prevent failures from occurring and give us assurance that the critical controls work and are effective. And what they do is they block the path to death. This is what forward is all about, and this is what critical risk management is all about. Now that we all have a high-level understanding on how the model works, I want to point out a few things. We collect a lot of proactive data. Millions upon millions of verifications which actually tell us how have we saved that person's life. And it is very unusual that safety as a function collects that amount of data. Usually, if you look at traditional safety systems, you'll find they'll capture incidents, they'll capture a lot of reactive data for root cause analysis and all these good things, but they all are after the event. CRM, as a method, captures everything before the event. And that's why this information is so valuable. So, hence, the gift is in the data. We believe that puts us into a unique position to analyze this data for the predictive means. And with such valuable information, we needed to make sure we've got the right tools in place to analyze it. So as a SaaS vendor, when our journey with QuickSight started, we had some challenges in reporting. And really, it was all about our customers constantly asking us, can you build this new report? Can you do this? Can you add this filter in? And in our back-end system, we have some good reporting with classical methods, but obviously, it's got its limitations. And all of our customers, they keep still asking for more and more. Does that sound familiar? Specifically in reporting, everybody always wants more reports. So we knew we had to create a reporting solution which gave the people the ability to create their own reports. And for this, we performed a very detailed market assessment, and I'm not gonna go into the details of that, but I can tell you, Amazon QuickSight was the best choice for us. Why? It satisfied our immediate need, and it had a clear future vision for artificial intelligence and machine learning. And of course, with any modern platform, we needed to make this all seamlessly for the end users, and that's really key, but I will get to that in a little bit. So why QuickSight? QuickSight for us was selected for the following reasons. It is super fast. And rapid determination of at-risk events, no matter if it's proactively trending and improving or possibly going for catastrophic failure, is important to us. We need a tool which will allow us operational managers to identify a problem, validate the impact, and then take actions and address critical control failures. I will show you a little video in a minute, and that video will talk about fixing and finding the red. We call critical control failures the red. So fixing and finding the red is important. Why? If we don't, people will die. So using QuickSight for that and getting to fast decisions absolutely in our industry is material. As I said, I'll play a little video about that in a minute. Using QuickSight as a managed service and really having the capability to do something serverless in today's world is important. Equally important for us was integration into browser, not having to do any client installations, and really being able to focus on the platform and on the reporting rather than having to deal with technology and infrastructure needs. So QuickSight really, from that perspective, has enabled us to completely move from a technology piece of reporting work into separating the technology from the output of building reports and actually doing this with all of us, with all of our end users in the field. And certainly, it is scalable and cost effective. And we will talk about this in a little bit more in detail when we get to the next slide. Once we had selected QuickSight, it actually didn't take long for clients to show some really key interest. Within a few months, one of our key clients, Rio Tinto, partnered up with us to use the tool for improved reporting in critical risk management. And after a successful pilot phase, about in mid 2018, the decision was made to upscale the solution to all potential users. The goal was to put a workflow in place for up to 20,000 users in the field. And both scalability and cost are imperative for that. Let me tell you a little bit about Rio Tinto. They can't be here today. They are a truly global resource firm and run large-scale mining operations globally, but also in the US and Canada. So a few examples. Rio Tinto, Kennecott, Utah, copper. If you've ever flown into Salt Lake, it's hard to miss. It's the largest man-made excavated hole on the planet, copper mine. Diavik Diamonds, unlikely you've flown there. It's in Yellowknife, Canada, a bit up north, 140 miles, in fact, south of the Arctic Pole. You might know it from the TV show, Ice Truckers. And in Boron, California, which is just down the road, Rio Tinto operates the company behind the well-known U.S. household brand 20 mules team Borax. An interesting fact for the IT guys in the room, because quite frequently we don't do the housework, maybe other people do. (laughs) They have been operating for 150 years and over 150 years been mining Borax. And in today's world, it's still important. It's an important ingredient for cell phones and for OLED screens. So that's just a few examples about their operations. There's a few more details of them here up on the slides. Importantly, mining often involves critical risks in the workplace. You can imagine from huge trucks to shovels and crushers and cranes, and certainly to be able to make data driven decisions for a large amount of users in the field is a key factor if you want to improve safety performance. So I would like to show you a quick video now from Rio Tinto, which speaks about the critical risk management standard dashboards and defining the red. The video is, in fact, an extract of a larger internal training video and has been cut to show you some key aspects of the business process and the dashboard supporting the data analytical needs. I'm sure you'll enjoy that.
2: Hi, my name is Mark Breton, and I work for Rio Tinto Group Safety. Today I want to give you an overview of our standard CRM QuickSight dashboard and give you a bit of a sample so you can can understand the insights you can gain uh, from looking at your CRM data with QuickSight. This recipe is what we apply uh, to have a look at our CRM data and make sure that we gain insight to ultimately change our safety practices in the field, in a sustainable manner. Okay, so here's the dashboard. You can see the dashboard is made of uh, various visuals or graphs, and we'll see that in a second. And at the top, you have uh, drop-down menus you can use to, in this first instance, decide on which site you want to work. So there's different businesses and product groups and sites. And the second row here gives you the option to choose a specific critical risk uh, or a specific critical control. So in this example, I could be an HSC uh, member or a manager that really want to understand what's happening in my area in terms of rates and what should I do to try to improve my safety practices in the field. So I can, for example, start by choosing a site and then I can quickly have a look at my data. So I see here my non-conformance volume, my non-conformance percentages, and um, this information, the CIM information in parallel with in observations I've made in the field and perhaps some incidents that have happened uh, uh, in, the la- in the last few months at my site, I can make a decision on which uh, focus control I want to pick. So I can choose here falling objects as an example. It will update all the data right away. Uh, and I'll go see my critical control trends. Let me bring the critical control. So that gives me all of the critical control for falling objects uh, over the last six months. And I can see here that the light blue line, so uh, barriers and segregation has been pretty high, above 50%, uh, pretty much over the last six months at least. So definitely something that's worth uh, concentrating on. I hope you enjoy the, the standard dashboards. They're extremely powerful. They really allow you to to investigate, to look at your KPIs, to look, look at your RICS profile, really understand your data, so ultimately um, you can have an impact in the field and improve your safety
1: performance. Well, thank you, Mark. We appreciate that uh, Rio Tinto is uh, letting us share that with you today. Now, let's have a look at the behind the scenes into the technical details, so how does that look like? How do you make this scalable from a technical architectural perspective? As previously uh, discussed, our backend uh, is on Amazon and we hold all the data in Amazon RDS. Um, Obviously, we'll import that data into Spice. Spice is the engine which runs in-memory reporting and processing in Amazon QuickSight. So that's that little Spice symbol here. If we look at the other side, if we look at Cognito, Amazon Cognito is important for us because it's the basis for our central identity service, which authenticates every user on the critical risk management platform. So to make that really seamless and make that really automated, on this high-level architecture, really what we needed to do is ensure that all of the users can basically seamlessly be integrated and authenticated back to QuickSight, and some of our other applications. The diagram really visualizes visualizes just the high-level solution architecture, and I'll have some more slides in a second to go through that in detail. But before I do, this has now been deployed to Rio Tinto in the last few weeks. So please let me congratulate the Amazon team, the Forward team, and specifically point out our chief technical architect and our chief DevOps lead, who are both here at reInvent, So if you have specific technical or architectural questions, please see us after this presentation. Have a chat with us, and we'll answer your questions. Let's talk about provisioning provisioning the users, and really provisioning by integrating the APIs QuickSight offers into our workflow. As previously touched on, as a SaaS vendor, we always have to deal with multiple applications, existing applications, AWS managed services, such as QuickSites and possibly other vendor apps, all under one umbrella. And often, more importantly, enterprise clients will then require us, as a SaaS vendor, to integrate that back to their single sign-on workflow on an Active Directory or Azure or whatever it is they're internally running. We early on figured out that we can't integrate every single app on an app-by-app basis into that workflow. It's not feasible, it's not sustainable. Consequently, that's why we built our centralized authentication and authorization service based on AWS Amplify and Cognito. And the high-level workflow really is that you're given the credentials received from Cognito. This gives us the ability to gain secure access to API Gateway, and the reality is there is no development effort required there. It's really working out of the box, so that's fantastic. We then extract the user details from the token received, and we call a Lambda function. And the Lambda function really just calls the QuickSight APIs and has one, one actually, determination. Does the user already exist? Does it not? If it it doesn't yet already exist, it will auto-provision the user in QuickSight. And that's it. Now, looking at the next step of that, the user authentication, once we've got the users in QuickSight, This shows the end-to-end kind of login process for the user. So in this case, we reach out via Amazon API Gateway to IAM, exchange the Cognito credentials with IAM credentials or STS tokens. There's a bit of lambda coding involved in the middle, but it's a few lines of code, I've been told, and uh, so it should be pretty straightforward. And once we have the IAM credentials, we then redirect the user to the IAM for federated sign-in, and after the successful sign-in, we can then redirect the user to QuickSite. Essentially, for the user, this just all happens completely seamlessly. They don't know about it; just happens, and the user is presented with their dashboards when they click on the link in our portal. Now, imagine this before as a manual process. Okay, we ran this for up to a thousand users, manually created with manual users. That would involve people calling our support desks, getting the users created, maybe not having the password right, or having to send the links multiple times. It was a process which could take us from multiple hours to multiple days. Now, this is seamless. It's like magic. And our support organization, I can tell you that, they're pretty happy with us. All right, a few learnings from our, our deployment. <clears throat> Let's talk about dashboards first. We saw the dashboards in the video. Really. When we started out, all of our users were authors. And in fact, while that was great from an exposure perspective, everybody was interested and got to play with it, we learned pretty quickly that we got a lot of very similar-looking dashboards, all built on the same data model, but big variety of dashboards. So turns out that's not the user experience you want to create when you go to 20,000 users. So on an enterprise scale, one of my recommendations certainly is invest of actually not just thinking about the technology, but out of the box, pre some dashboards with some examples so the user experience you create is fantastic. And when they first actually get to see the result, it's consistent. So we took the, di- the obviously that feedback to heart. We created the standardized dashboards, as you've seen them. And we've rolled them out as part of this to all of the users. Secondly. And importantly, um, these standardized data sets now can be actually used across all of the more than 50 sites Rio Tinto has. And they're consistent. So imagine someone who is maybe working as an auditor, going to that site, looking at their practices, or going to the next site. They all see the same thing. And that's really important to them in the business. So standardization, very important. And then we provided a step-by-step recipe for success. And I mean for fatality prevention. How can the people on the ground with some very quick looking at a recipe, cooking recipe, find out to get from A to B and get to a result? Now, we did this, but I cannot wait until we can actually replace our recipe with the new machine learning capabilities QuickSight will offer in the future. A few learnings from the enterprise data management involved. And really, there is two models which are relevant to provide access to the data to end users. One, you can restrict the data. And that means by security, you can restrict the data. If you're in the financial industry, you might want to do that. Or you can give access to all of the data to all of the users and then obviously filter out the data as required. Logically to say, given our method and given our safety context, that we want to be able to share the data with all the users. So we focus on setting the correct correct defaults and filters rather than restricting the data. Now, what you need to do is you need to prepare a data set with some user defaults so the system can know who you are and who the users are and be able to relate that. And then you can actually, out of that data set, Create some dynamic filters with the help of some parameters. And what we see here on the screen is that we create a user default data set. We then simply set up the defaults for these parameters, and then we can apply them and use them as filters to control them in the dashboards, which is the top picture. And automatically, when the user logs on, we might want to choose that his default filter supply, so he gets to see immediately his data. Now, the user can remove those filters, Fantastic. He can work with all the data, compare his site to another similar site. That works for us very well in our safety context. You can see obviously here an example how that is applied there as a filter. And um, so it's important to think about that um, or to go down the track of restricting the data if that's a requirement for you. Let's look at another example. One of the really cool features I really love in QuickSight is that you can schedule and push out reports to the end users. Why? We've got so many users which probably just will want to see the dashboard with the details in their email and then make the decision to actually engage with QuickSight as relevant. And that's important. So you need to understand if that's a business case for you. Many of our users are in the field during the day, so they don't sit in front of their dashboards all the day. It's important for them to understand, Okay, here's the information. I can make some decisions right now. As a side note, when you set up those um, email reports, it's really easy to do. You can really easily push them out. Um, There is one schedule per report at the moment for all the users. Well, now that we've gone through some of the learnings, let me wrap this up for you. Here are my three key messages for today. If you have large volume of data on AWS, and you haven't evaluated QuickSight yet as a reporting platform, I would recommend you do that now. QuickSight clearly is ready to be used as an enterprise solution and can be deployed in large-scale environments. With the new ML capabilities, which are now in preview, I think Joe's referred before to it, you can do anomaly detection and have predictive capability. If you haven't seen this in action yet, I dare say, you've got to actually make the time to look at it. It's super cool. It will change the way we are looking, and we can make people look at our fatality prevention data. So, lastly, we know with the right method, content, and tools, we can actually standardize the process of fatality prevention, and really making proactive safety performance data easily available across a whole organization like Rio Tinto with Amazon QuickSight will significantly contribute to a positive outcome in safety. Many more insights will still be gained from the analysis of our data. And we are working with industry solutions and industry data to actually get us to that next point And if we can get to this next point, if we can find out where the next fatality will occur, if we can predict that, it will be like the holy grail in fatality prevention. Thank you for your attention, and I wish you all a safe day. Now let me introduce Michael Schaeffer, another colleague from the A-Team.
3: Thank you, Mr. T. All righty. Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Schaefer, and I'm here representing the National Football League and our Next Gen Stats group. So I'd imagine a lot of you here are already pretty familiar with the National Football League. For those who aren't, the NFL is known internationally as American football. It's comprised of 32 clubs that play all over the country throughout the season, as well as games played internationally. Um, in London and, at times, Mexico. Um, During the season, we have 330 games. It starts, kicks off in August when our preseason begins, our regular season starts in September, our postseason begins in January, and then it all culminates in February with our Super Bowl, our championship game. During the season, NFL games are consistently in the top 10 most watched TV shows every single week in America. Sunday Night Football, which is broadcasted on NBC, has been averaging about 20 million viewers each game. The Super Bowl last year had 110 plus million users, or viewers, watch the game. Now what is Next Gen Stats? Next Gen Stats is the NFL's player tracking initiative that we launched in 2015. It's an RFID-based system that allows us to record every player's locations with X, Y locations, their speed, distance, et cetera, and other base metrics. You can see in the image on the right, we have RFID chips that are inserted into each player's shoulder pad on their left and right side. And then starting last season for the first time, we started inserting chips into the ball as well so we can measure things like velocity from the ball. We're capturing this data in real time throughout the stadium, and then we're able to process it and build new statistics, provide them to our media partners, both for internal NFL media as well as our broadcast partners. To contextualize the amount of data that we have, each season's worth of tracking data equates to a terabyte worth of data. Now maybe that doesn't sound like a lot to you, but I'll contextualize this a little bit further and what this means for the NFL. If you combined all of our our statistics, using our traditional stats from 1920 to now, it's less than a single weekend's worth of data with player tracking. Just a weekend's worth of games is more than all the data we had ever collected before. I thought this would be a good visualization to help you understand what we're doing. So I mentioned we're getting the XY locations for the the players and for the ball. If any of you watched uh, football on Thanksgiving, you might have recognized this, this play. This was when the Dallas Cowboys were playing the Washington Redskins. And Cowboys wide receiver, Amari Cooper, scored a, 99, sorry, a 90-yard touchdown reception. You can see all 22 players are moving on the field quite smoothly, and you can watch the ball transition from the center to the quarterback, and as a quarterback is able to release the ball to the receiver. The gray lines are showing the skill position players where they moved from snap to whistle. That black line is the receiver. The black line represents where he moved from snap to the point of catch. And that red line shows where he he was able to travel after he caught the ball, what we call yards after catch. When we first launched in 2015, we were really focused on our core metrics. So things like speed and distance were what we really focused on. So looking at a play like this, we would say, okay, how fast did Amari Cooper go on this play, and how, much, how many yards of distance did he travel? Obviously, you can see he almost spanned the entirety of this field. In 2016 and 2017, we started focusing on things that were maybe observable, but harder to quantify before tracking data. So how much time did Dak Prescott, the quarterback, have before he released the ball? How many pass rushers were coming his way? How, how, what was the size of his pocket? How open was Amari Cooper when he caught the ball? How many yards after catch was he able to gain? And then in 2018, during this past offseason, we partnered with AWS to start building statistics that were powered by machine learning. And these are now beginning to provide insights for things that we didn't know we could quantify before. So, this is a commercial that AWS built in conjunction with NextGen Stats showing off our new stat called completion probability that we've been using throughout the season. This is a stat that takes in many inputs throughout the play, such as how far did the quarterback have to travel before releasing the ball? What was, was he being pressured when he, when he released the ball? How open was the receiver? How many defenders were in his way? How close was he to the silent, etc., etc.? And we come up with a single stat that can say how difficult was the pass to be completed. 34, Super Bowl 52. As time ran down in the first,
2: Nick Foles was about to complete one of the most improbable plays of the game. With each tick of the clock, AI from Amazon Web Services processed thousands of data points to generate real-time insights. Proving that a 19% chance was all
3: Foles needed to change the course of history. Welcome to the next generation of football. So while we're able to build some of these wild statistics that we couldn't have considered before, it's actually kind of surprising to a lot of people that our team is, is rather lean. We rely on nine full-time staffers that build everything out, and then we also offset it with some seasonal employees throughout the season through our hectic times. But our team consists of three groups, our engineers, our operations, and then product and analytics, which I'm responsible for. Our engineers are in charge of building and maintaining our platform, making sure we're, we're taking the data in properly. They're also charged with implementing algorithms to build new statistics, such as the completion probability that you just saw a second ago. They're also responsible for building out experiences for our fans. Our operations team is focused more on the, our tracking vendor, making sure that the hardware is tuned properly and we're getting data of the most, utmost quality. Our product and analytics group is in charge of designing experiences for our fans, also our internal customers. And then also, in addition to creating new statistics, our analytics group is in charge of building out research reports that we hand to NFL media and our broadcast partners to help tell stories with our data. So I'll be focusing today really on our media and club application, but I think it's an important note that our group as lean as it is, serves many groups within our organization. So we'll talk about media and clubs, but we also work with football operations to give our data so that they can look at how they can possibly change the game and maybe change the rules of the game based on our data. The health and safety group also works with us to collect data to see if they can make the game safer using our data. Officiating, we talked about the ball and the players being tracked. We're also tracking the officials and the referees. So we can use that to evaluate the performance of the officials as well. So this is all to say we have a lot of things on our plate. And uh, you'll see why we, why we needed QuickSight to, to help us out. So I'll be focusing on the Next Gen Stats research tool. This application really distills down our XY tracking data into meaningful statistics for, that help tell stories. So our users can peruse the dashboard looking for any type of statistic that they want, ranging, passing, rushing, receiving. Anything you can think of, we have in this dashboard. Um, We have hundreds of stats and splits, and I'll go through some of those. And then we're also creating new calculations every week. Our team is relentless, pushing out new statistics so we can continue to tell better and better stories. The application that we'll be focusing on has hundreds of users. Uh, our power users are the, the Next Gen Stats research and analytics team. These guys are in there all day long, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, looking for every single story that they can come up with for a player, a team, a trend, any type of analysis possible, so we can find something really interesting to tell our fans about. Our NFL media producers NFL media is a really large media organization. We have a lot of people creating content for NFL.com. NFL Network, our fantasy application, our social media. We have a lot of different platforms that we have people producing content at a very fast rate who will be using our our site at all times. Our broadcast partners, such as ESPN and NBC, are also using this application to help enrich their broadcast. And then the last of which is our 32 clubs who are using this data to help inform them in their decision making. Before QuickSight, we were having a really tough time. Almost all of our research was done exclusively using SQL queries. We were doing that because we needed to have the utmost flexibility possible. But it was killing us. We had four researchers, and they were working 80-plus hour weeks to support this. They were focusing on doing daily and weekly email reporting, which was super in-depth, and then also answering every ad hoc request possible, which obviously was really preventing us from being very productive at times. We already did have a next-gen stats research application, but it relied on web views and APIs. and didn't provide us the flexibility that we needed to slice and dice the, the data. We needed something that gave us the utmost flexibility. I'll give you an example of one of the problems we had. So last season, NBC said, we would like a dashboard that showed every single passer by game and showed how they performed when they took less than two and a half seconds or, or more than two and a half seconds. And for them, that was perfectly fine, and that's the stat that they, they show often on Sunday Night Football. That served their needs. But when we gave it to NFL media, they said, well, two and a half seconds is a little bit arbitrary. Two and a half seconds might be the average time to throw for, the court, for all quarterbacks, but some quarterbacks hold on to the ball a lot longer. I'd like to see three seconds. What about three and a half seconds? What about three plus seconds on third down? What about third and long? Every time somebody asks for a new split, we're gonna have to do an API change and a WebView change. And now we're doing deployments, and our engineers, who should be responsible for making really interesting things, like new statistics, like completion probability, are now focused on menial changes for every time somebody asks a new question, which is not a good use of their time. So why did we go with Amazon QuickSight? Three core reasons. When we were comparing QuickSight to the competitors, the speed and efficiency was the number one driver. Our data was already stored on Amazon Postgres. So that was very efficient. There was no lag time. But the direct query mode was a game changer for us. When people want our data in real time, they really need it instantly. So when a producer sees an amazing play and they're doing a broadcast for a game, they go, oh my god, that was an amazing pass. I need to know the completion probability and I need to know in the next few seconds because I need to build a highlight package that's going to be airing in 20 seconds. So what's the answer? All the other competitors were relying on caching and some sort of aggregation that didn't allow us to get the data in real time. So we're capturing the data in real time. I mentioned that earlier. And as soon as it's stored in our database, the direct query mode is is able to find that data instantly. That's a huge win for us. The pay-as-you-go model is also a huge driver. I mentioned we have hundreds of users, but very few of them are super power users. So we have a a good group of people that are using it a ton, but then we also have hundreds of users who need to have access to the data but aren't going to be using it as regularly. Some might be using it an hour a week. Some might be using it 15 minutes a week. Some might be using it 15 minutes a year. That's fine. We want all of our users to be able to research and have any question that they have answered. But it seems a little bit silly to be paying the same private seat license for every single user when they're not all using it the same way and some are possibly not using it at all. The embedding was another thing that was very important to us. So I think everyone can relate to this, but we already have a ton of applications that our users have to worry about. The last thing we wanted to do was allow our users to say, here's a username and password for one thing for Stats, and here's another application for Stats." But you have to remember where some of our data is and where the other half of it belongs. We needed one tool that solved all of our problems. So with integrating QuickSight, we talked about faster insights. We're getting data faster than ever before. And now our clubs and our broadcasters are able to analyze the data. Our data is freed. We've removed the bottleneck that we had before, where we had four users responsible for distributing our data across hundreds of users. Now everyone is a researcher. Everyone can answer every question they have by using our tool. It's as flexible as everything we needed before with with SQL but gives us a UI that anyone can use without having to know any sort of language. And the last point I wanted to make is that the clubs now have a baseline tool. As part of the NFL, we're always thinking about competitive balance, and it's important for us to provide a a tool for all of our clubs that elevates them all together, rather than having to rely on a third party to get use out of our data. Now everyone can use this data. So now, I'll talk briefly about the integration. So from the stadium, this is where we're receiving the tracking data, relaying off the player's shoulder pads to the receivers within the stadium that are then sending it to our Mongo database stored on AWS. From Mongo, it's being sent to RDS to a more structured format so that QuickSight can hit it. And then we're using Cognito for authentication so that our users can go, uh, tag into our website without a problem. And Qu- Cognito is dynamically creating new users for us as people are logging in for the first time. And now I'll give a brief demonstration of our research tool. So, when someone were to log into our research tool, this is what they would see when they first came to the site. I'm going to click into the stats section. And by default, it'll load the passing stats and it's going to be almost every, pass, every stat you can think of. I'm going to change the number of pass attempts to 15 so I can see every quarterback this season who was thrown for 15 or more pass attempts. The upper portion is quarterbacks grouped at the season level, and the table below is by game, so it's a log of every single game that every quarterback has. Now, I'm looking for a very specific stat to tell a story. I want to use open percentage, which is a stat we use that can define how often is a quarterback able to find an open receiver. I'll sort this, and I can see Carson Wentz has 53.2% of his passes to open receivers. And you know what? I'm interested in Carson Wentz. I want to learn more about him. So I'm going to turn off all other quarterbacks. I'm going to focus on Carson Wentz. I'm going to change the pass attempts to one and show all seasons so I can see his entire career's worth of data. Now in the game log, I can sort again by open percentage, and see in week 12 of the 2016 season against the Green Bay Packers, he had almost 64% of his past attempts in open quarterbacks. From there, I was able to click his name using URL actions and then jump to another part of our website that's not using QuickSite. I think that's neat because users are now able to navigate back and forth using our website without having to know that they're on QuickSite. What's important to them is that they're on one single application that gives them everything that they need. So in conclusion, QuickSight has been a real game changer for us. This faster research is allowing us to tell better stories and has created a groundswell of excitement for our data. Our clubs now are given a tool for evaluation. This is the first season that clubs have access to all 22 players on the field. In previous years, they only had access to their own data. And so this is the first year the clubs are really embracing it. So we're excited to see them use the data. And how is the game going to evolve as a result of them now having access to this data? And really, this is only the beginning. We're going to continue to roll out new dashboards. We're excited about some of the new features like ML Insights. What is that going to tell us about players and coaches that we previously hadn't considered? You know, This has been a really amazing partnership with QuickSight. Um, the QuickSight team has done a fantastic job really embracing our feedback and evolving the product roadmap for our needs. And at the end of the day, I feel like we both should be very proud of the, the product that we built and have been able to build an application that services all of our needs. We're also reinvigorated by that our media partners now are empowered with these dashboards. So we're very excited about the future of next-gen stats, and we're excited by Quick, QuickSight. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Thorson. So you've you've heard two different, very different settings where users have been able to use QuickSight to learn and gain insights about their areas. We've been working with uh, partners across different areas, different industry verticals to enable similar access to data. At the QuickSight team, our belief is that insights are for everyone. It's not for the data analyst. It's not just for the marketing team, it's not just for the CEO, so it's for everyone. And what we've done is build a product that is super easy to use so that anybody can consume those insights. We've built a serverless backend so that you can scale it out to all your users. We've, uh, we've added pay per session pricing so that you can roll it out to all your users without you know, feeling that you're taking on a lot of risk. We've built in ML insights so that you have the latest advances in technology or running on your data without having to add on that expertise. And we've included embedding so that you can take these insights, take these dashboards, take the visuals and take it right to the user in their day-to-day workflow. All of you have data. It could be different kinds of data, but it's all data that's valuable to your users. QuickSight is the tool that allows you to take this data and shape it in a form that makes the most sense and will allow your users to derive insights and to apply those to their decisions. Thank you for making your, uh, taking this time out today. Uh, we'll be available after this for questions. And uh, we do, I'll leave you, leave you with this slide. Uh, all the information on QuickSight is gonna be on our website, quicksite.aws. ML Insights is in preview, so please sign up for it if you haven't done already. Like uh, We had Michael and Thorsten speak about it. It is very exciting. It will change the way that you think about data. Thank you, and have a safe journey back.